Hey, you, let's fight. Them's fighting words. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. And today we are doing sensitivity training. <laughs> yep. <laughs> HR came and talked to us. Yeah, we're in trouble. Um, no, we have, we're finally getting around to an episode that we've been talking about for a while. Um, One that's near and dear to your heart. Near and dear. I'll fight people for it, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a minute. Otherwise, um, what's up, dude? I have just been... Well, just busy with life. You must be busy, dude, because I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm like texting you back cool shit and not getting a response. And I'm like, oh, all right, I cool. must, must be busy. Cool shit. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty hyped about that Masters news I told you about. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to, well, I wanted to talk to you about it on here. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I was <laughs> because You're just like, cool beans, cool, cool, <laughs> cool beans. I was like, all right. That's essentially how I was. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I, w- I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about it now and congratulate you on Thank you. on such a well, cool I gotta opportunity. Well, I got to get in. Well, yeah, but I mean, okay, that's a formality. So, yeah, I met with one of the, another professor at, I don't know if I've talked about meeting with professors. I was going to or yeah, maybe. Yeah, we talked about it on the last episode before, because last episode was to their public, right, so the right, episode right. before that. Um, so I met with another professor um, who, you know, I just want to get a sample size from these professors which i told her i was like dude it's the same thing you and i have just chirped over and over Mm -hmm. how amazing wsu professors are and how much i appreciate her meeting with me and giving me her insight and ideas and she had great insight and she was like like even after at the end of that meeting i was like thanks you know thank you so much and she was like i really don't feel like i've done anything and like it's like no 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 you've given me a ton to think about she also read through my letter and edited it nice so i'm gonna apply today Officially. Are you? Yeah. Okay. So I have all the application entirely done, mm-hmm. just not the letter. So okay. now I just attach the letter and then send it off. Sure. Pay 75 bucks to apply, I guess. Oh, is that what the application yeah. fee is? Okay. Stupid. Um, so then when we're talking, you know, I live a mile from the school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're talking about why I want to do this. You know, what's your long-term goal? What's your intent? And, uh, I think my intent is as much as I, you know, I've talked about working in government and all that and mm-hmm. or with or with a or with um, a program or agency that works with the public. That's what I'd love to do, um, which I told her about. And I would love to do that. Um, but I also, you know, like I've said before on this, I, there's still a little bit of a piece of me that wants to teach still. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, well, have you talked to the, I, have you met with the other comps professor here? Right. And I was like, yeah. She goes, I'm there's, there's only two communication I think professors. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's pretty she, small. Yeah. Department. <clears throat> yeah. She's like, I'm going to talk to him and see, you know, once you're in and if you get in and if you're accepted and stuff, if you'd be interested in maybe like teaching a comms class here on campus. Wow. That's what you sent me. And that was like, uh, that's so freaking cool, dude. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, I mean, you'll be a grad student. So you could, what, what are you interested in? I was like, I, I, I don't I don't even know like I couldn't even uh, what am I not interested in she goes what about like I don't know like communication and society I was like 
holy shit. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll put you down for like some classes that you might be interested in teaching and I'll talk to him about it. And once you get in, you know, just keep in contact and we'll figure something out. Cool, dude. Holy shit, dude. The experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is probably sounding super elitist, but <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you should be. That's, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm jealous of that what i what like, I, I would love to be able to to, to do yeah to teach a class and something that i'm super you know yeah passionate about well and she was like you know focus on the podcasting and the radio that's what you like doing so you know maybe there's a class like that we can figure out or that you can you know kind of bring what you know from what you're doing there into mm-hmm. the classroom well dude that's super cool and to be back on the campus like where it like oh, all started like that's i so told cool. her that i was like she's like you love it huh and i was like even just walking around here waiting to meet with you i'm just like i love it here like freaking nerd dude <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see i mean and, 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 and a great aspect of it that i, I appreciate is like I'm, I'm doing it all online mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's yeah. not an in-person element to it but this would give you know, this would give me the sense of like, not that I wouldn't actually be doing things mm-hmm. online, but, you know, tangible, like face to face with with students and, and uh, these professors who are, you know, almost mentoring me in a sense or whatever. Yeah. So do they have do those professors at WSU Vancouver, do mm-hmm. they have um, are do they teach any of the graduate classes online? No, she was like, you'll probably be with the professors from Pullman and um Spokane. Okay, I but think. The, oh, but so they're not farming this out at all, which is good. What do you mean? Well, some some um, online master's programs, like yeah. the faculty's not even on campus. Mm-hmm. Like Arizona State's online degree. Oh like, yeah, yeah, they yeah, had, yeah. They were just like farmed out the the curriculum mm, and no, farmed no, no. out the program to people who are all over the world, like all over the country. Yeah, they're WSU professors. Okay, yeah, well, that's good. Which is good. So we'll see. It's exciting. I think that that would be a whole truckload of stuff dumped onto what i'm doing now yeah but i would love it so much mm-hmm. gimme gimme yeah <laughs> well i mean i think i think you'd be really good at it oh, it'd be so fun that's what i want to do i want to do that you should do that and i really hope you do i really hope you do and i hope you get i i hope everything everything will fall into place yeah it's just so, a matter of time i yeah. think all right here's something i wanted to tell you <laughs> i don't know if i've ever told you but i played this parent game with jen where I'll show her a picture of parents and I'll say, whose parents are these? Oh, I, I think you have told me yeah, a so long I, time I ago that you did it with your this. dad. Yeah, I did it with your dad. And she got it immediately. Mm. And I was like, oh, interesting. Um, but I don't know how I or what I was just like, I think I typed in your name to, um, to find the article or mm-hmm. something. And your mom came up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I've never I met her once mm-hmm. in person. And I was like. I'm going to go to her profile. I'm going to lurk a little bit. And then I see her and I'm like, oh, dude, I totally see like looks that you get from her. I was like, parent game. So I was like, hey, Jen, whose mom is this? And she was like, are they famous? And I was like, no. And she's like, we know them. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, Jake? I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, okay. I'm like, what do you mean, yeah, okay? And she goes, you always make me, like, you made me guess Jake's dad, so I'm assuming that's Jake's mom. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and then she's like, I think he looks more like his dad. And I was like, I don't know. And then we did side by side with you and your dad oh. and your mom. She goes, okay, maybe he does kind of look like his mom, but also kind of like his dad. I love that game. It's a fun game. Yeah. We play it. That sounds like a good game. Dude, if you saw a picture of my biological father, mm-hmm. 
You would never guess that that was my dad. Really? Oh, I'll show you afterwards. Okay. Dude, we look nothing. I'll show you right now, actually, just for the the, okay. the response. But you've seen my mom. I don't know if you have you remember what she looks like. I mean, she's kind of a babe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I definitely think that I look more like, obviously, more like my mom than my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dad's like super dark, like Mexican. He's got giant ass ears. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's funny. Hold on. Let me find him. There he is. Okay. Dude, it's crazy how unsimilar or unalike we look. Look at this dude. Oh, my God. That's your dad? Yes. That's my biological dad. Wow. Yeah. You guys look nothing alike. Nothing alike. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I don't... Twinsies. Nope. (laughs) No, I don't see it. Me neither, dude. It's freaking weird. Um, I always get told I look like this guy. Um, this is my uncle. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. The facial features are yeah. much closer. Uh, I'm way fatter than him, but we look the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a lot of like same expressions and stuff. Okay. Uh, but isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. So people who would do that parent game with me would totally lose. And that's my mom. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You do look more like her. Yeah. I look way more like yeah. this lady than mm-hmm. that freaking guy. Weirdo. <laughs> um, Anyways, so that's my favorite parent game. Um, that's all I have, really. Um, I don't know if you're. So when does classes start for? It's it's same like same thing like August. Oh, August, okay. Yeah. Which. <laughs> and how many classes per like semester? So there's like a unit. There's ten classes, I think. Okay. So there's like four, then five, and then one. It are uh, the way that the li- the classes are listed. Okay. Um, but I think you can do it like at your own pace, obviously. Oh, okay. Um, just because of everything else I have going mm-hmm. on, I think I might just start with one. Yeah. And then see how life changes or adjusts. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's and no then, there's no rush to this. Right. Any means. Right. And then I don't want to get like screwed. You yeah. hear that stupid pigeon? Yeah. <laughs> it's always out there. Is it really? <laughs> I, or no it's like a dove i think i think yeah, it's a, yeah yeah i didn't know what it was for the longest time i thought it was like an owl and then i don't know yeah, i think it's a morning dove you would know <laughs> I've, I've hunted them have you yeah <coughs> let's shoot it dude <laughs> <laughs> they're not the white doves that like the white turtle yeah. doves dude they're, he's they're, always they're, out here doing they're that. brown no he's white is he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it's not. He's a like an off-white though. almost. Okay. I don't know. You'll have to look. Okay. You're the fucking bird expert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. We haven't even talked about this. Oh, we have talked about doing this new segment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We talked about it, but now it's official, right? The blazer one or the no, counterculture the one? The counterculture. Okay. Yeah. Because you 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 created a fire intro. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it in a second, but um, we haven't really talked about it much, but. We'll just get into it after the intro. Okay. All right. Here's All right. our new segment uh, with Jay Chokim. Jo- I said your name weird. Joaquin. <laughs> Joaquin. <laughs> that's how Siri. That's how Siri says my name. Like if I if I like I'll be like call Sarah Jokum, mm-hmm. my sister, and it'll be like calling Sarah Yohim. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I I texted you today when I was driving and I was like, uh, your name is J Train. And oh, and in my phone, dude, and I the, love you for that. <laughs> and there's a little like locomotive train there mm. so it'll go i'll go uh okay google text j train and it'll go 
Oh, it's picking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll say, texting J Train locomotive because I have the locomotive. Oh, emoji. Is it really? Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, well, this is uh, counterculture with J Train. Hey kids, are you ready for counterculture? Well, here's your host, Jake. <laughs> So that is the intro. That um, and if you can't recognize the voice, which I couldn't until he told me, but that's that's Jeff. That's me. That's Jeff's voice, which does not sound anything like you, you be a voice at all. Actor, dude. You should be a voice actor. <laughs> there's like there's only one little spot um, where your your natural voice kind of mm-hmm. comes through. But dude, I had no idea. Like, I think it's when I say uh, Jake. Yeah, here's Jake. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that sounds like me. Yeah. But when I was like, are you guys ready for counterculture? I was like. Holy crap! That does not sound like me. <laughs> Did you do any like nothing like, editing? That nothing. was just you. Wow, just me on a mic, baby. That's crazy. <laughs> well, good job on that. Thank That's you. Hilarious. All right. So, what's the point of this uh, this new segment? Well, that I think we have? Hugh and I talked about it, and I think that what I I wanted to tell stories of all the years I've worked at a gun counter and talking like I've wanted. I've even expressed like I'm like, gosh, someone needs to write a book right about how gun counter culture has be like gun counter has become has be gun ownership and like buying the purchasing of firearms and just like the interactions that happen at a gun counter Mm -hmm. like really you almost could do like an anthropo whole anthropological like study on this right it's really become like a count like a culture Mm -hmm. around the the language that is used Mm -hmm. um you've almost have like semantic domains regarding um the very um you know the the products that are being purchased and mm-hmm, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's just and it's very it's become very consolidated around an ideology right, um, of the right. Second Amendment and stuff like that, and um, there's like an in group and out groups for, forming and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to like st- just tell funny stories of my experiences there, and I think that's where the the name came from, right? right it was right. you know counter culture, right? So, but um, also there's something just so interesting to me about working in retail, and that's what you've been doing, yeah. And, and that's until comp- you don't. Yeah, I want you to share stories. Exactly. Well, I have years of stories, um, and so I think this this first one will probably start. Probably most of these stories will just be just stuff you can't make up about retail. And <laughs> I anybody, love it. And anybody who's worked in retail is probably has their own versions of these oh, stories. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I'll. I've been recently been having to work on the front end of the store, like point of sale, like okay. doing like cashier customer service stuff like that, and. I which had, you don't normally you're just which I had for like for like the first like 10 years of uh-huh. my like me working at at the place I mm-hmm. work I was strictly just at the pretty much at the gun counter okay okay and now um that I've gone into a manager's role and just looking to get new experiences right right um while I was there searching for other job for so I'm there searching for other jobs mm-hmm. I wanted to get more experience right. so I could just put it on a resume because yeah. that was like even though it's not much it was a, the most I could do right with my current situation, right? So anyway, sure. I don't have to. Ex- I don't well, explain I like, yourself. I don't feel like I, need, I don't know why I need, need to explain that. Anyway, the so I've been up front mm-hmm. doing that, and that has just brought a whole new level of experience. Uh-huh. Um, in Friday, so the very first night that I was um, managing, okay, <laughs> we were super busy. We we're always having problem with people calling in sick. I'm sure anybody who's working with younger 
people in right. a job right now right. are constantly dealing with people just yep. never showing up for work. That younger and generation, boy. <laughs> I, I I don't want to stereo- like, I'm anyway, stereotype that, yeah. but it's just it seems to always be mainly people of younger generation. Right. Um, anyway, so we're super short staffed. We have a it's spring chinook fishing season, which that what that means is that a lot of people are buying their licenses to go out fishing. Okay, Friday night especially because everybody waits till the last second to go and buy what of they course. need. Yeah. So Friday night we close at eight. It's like seven thirty. We're just slammed. We got lines and licenses take forever because nobody mm-hmm. ever knows what the hell they want with licenses. Mm-hmm. They'll just walk up and they'll be like, "Yeah, I need my fishing license." Well, what kind of what for what? Because we sell both Washington and Oregon state. Oh. Okay. So we'll be like, "Well, what state? Oregon, of course." I'm like, "Well, we sell both." And yeah, you're right across the river. So we we sell licenses to <laughs> both like for, for both states. Well, then because we, we have Washington li- people who come down to buy Oregon, right? And we have Oregon people who fish in Washington that want to buy Washington oh, my license. Word. So yeah. it's like we so we <laughs> ask we just ask the question, but they look act like we're dumb for trying yeah, to like yeah. decipher what they want. And they're like, yeah, I want Oregon, and then give me everything. It's like, no, you don't want everything. Uh, so, like no, you we, so you know what they're asking. You kind of know what they're asking for, mm-hmm. but you have to like. If they wanted everything, it'd be like three hundred bucks, and they're not—they don't let want them get everything. everything dude. So, <laughs> so you're just—you're just dealing with that. Yeah. So we're finally like five minutes until the till closing. I was managing, but I didn't have a cash till, so I was only running debits and credits. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to like count in a till and everything. Right. Right. This one of my cash, the one of the, my two remaining cashiers, like we actually had to pull the guy from clothing to come work oh, wow. as a cash, as a cashier. So we didn't have anybody in the, in the whole front end of the store in the whole camping clothing section, which is probably like half of our store. Mm-hmm. And he had to go off and take care of a, somebody in clothing, help, help a customer in clothing. So his cash drawer was open. I was like, okay, I'll just jump on this kid's cash drawer. This old guy came up and I was like, are you paying with debits and credits? So I was like, well, he's probably like, oh, probably all three. It's like all three. All so I, three. I so I jump over there and he's like, "Well, I got these things," and I scan him. It's like a sixteen dollar and thirty seven cent bill, and he hands me a gift card mm-hmm. for like seven dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> so I scan that, and he's got like eleven. So he's got like eleven. He's I think he's got like nine bucks left. Yeah. Then he takes out. I kid you not, a sock. A sock. And turns it upside down, <laughs> and change just all over my counter. And From he's, a sock. Yeah. And he's like, well, my wife told me she wanted this change out of her laundry room. It had been sitting on top of the dryer for years. So she said, get rid of it. So I'm here to get rid of it and give it to you. And this this, is eight o'clock and we're closing. (laughs) And the guy starts counting. The guy guy is adamant that he's going to count it to me. Right. Instead of letting me count it myself. So he starts. He's going to count it to you. Count the change to me. (laughs) Well, I lose track of where he's at. About halfway through, <laughs> and I have to, and it's not my till, so I don't want to take. You're change like that's fantasizing not, of like. Well, and it ends up, <laughs> dude. It ends up being so. I, he counts it out to me, uh-huh. then I have to count it again myself because I don't want to mess up. Oh, that's my, so I don't, want, I don't want to mess up my employee's till. If it was right. my own till, whatever. Like, yeah. I'll deal with the consequences, but I don't want to be the reason why right. my employee doesn't have a bounced till. So I have to count it again, and it's like seven dollars and thirty cents. So he still has two bucks ish left uh-huh. to pay and then he pulls out a debit card and pays with the rest <laughs> are you kidding me dude yeah, it was dude. like eight ten with like a sock 10. what i can't believe he came in with a sock it was a sock full of oh. full of change yeah yeah that sounds about right and then paid for the rest of it with his card it's <laughs> like dude you couldn't have just swiped the card and paid for the what was left off of the gift after balance off of the gift card right but where else is he supposed to spend that change jake 
I don't know. <laughs> Just keep it in his truck. Don't come in right before. How a do you know he drives a truck? I, I'm assuming. <laughs> Most people who come into our work drive trucks. Oh, that's part of the culture. That's yeah. one of the boxes you have mm-hmm. to check. You have to drive a truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably not a broken down one who's, right. um, uh, whose check engine light is constantly on. Like what mine. is his name? I don't know what his name was. No, Frank. Yours. Your truck. Oh, my truck's name is Frank. Frank the Tank. Yeah. Yeah. It's old and makes weird noises. I like that. So, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that was the old man in the dryer change of that. T- tell me the pet squirrel one. <laughs> also the same day this yeah. is the same day as the old man with the dryer okay. change the same day this is the same day oh my gosh i was walking around the tackle department uh-huh. and i was just helping out where i can it was friday we had stock and it was busy because everybody mm-hmm. wait like i said everybody waits till the last second to buy what they need for fishing right the next day they i'm walking around and i shit you not there's this dude passes me mm-hmm. walks like I'm at, I'm standing at the end of one aisle, and he walks down like the main aisle, like the intersection of this aisle. Mm-hmm. And he walks past me, and there's a squirrel on the dude's shoulder <gasps> in a harness. I love squirrels. The dude had a pet squirrel on a harness. Oh, so I then, love of course, squirrels. I have to ask him, uh-huh. what's with the squirrel? <laughs> what's with the squirrel? And he's like totally open. Like I think mm-hmm. it's just it must be like his icebreaker, his conversation right. starter. Like, hey, look at the squirrel on my you shoulder. You should ask him about his nuts. <laughs> Well, he said that he works for a squirrel like rehabilitation slash rescue what? thing. What? I don't know if this is true. I never fact checked him, but he said like this one they couldn't rehabilitate and get back into the wild because it has brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my you, god! I was like, this is my first day managing. Yeah, like this is what I'm having to deal with. Yeah, because now you're like. I'm engaging with the, all kinds of departments and people. Yes, not just at the no, gun. Not just at the gun oh counter. Oh my god! Yeah, so that was that was my retail experience. He's got brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So uh, I just googled re- squirrel um, wildlife rehabilitation. I mean, there's a weird website. I don't even know if it's specific to work. Yeah, I think that guy was full of shit. He just wanted a pet squirrel. He With probably brain bon- damage? He, he probably bonked it on the head himself so he could make it his pet. Maybe he got bonked in the head. He probably did. The guy was strange. There's so many like nuts puns I could make right here. <laughs> like you, you should nuts. make one. You should make he's one. Nuts. This is it is <laughs> dude, it was nuts. It was crazy. Way nuts. I don't know why he think I mean that was just he it was wow. acting like it was totally normal. He just had a squirrel on his shoulder with like a like a did you pet it? No. Are you scared? Dude, I wasn't getting close to that guy. Why? Dude, the guy creeped me out way more than the squirrel did. <laughs> Why? I don't know. And the guy had his wife with him, and she was walking around like it was totally normal. Like, was yeah, my nuts? husband's got us. I think she was pretty nuts. <laughs> I think she was pretty crazy. Oh, my god. They, they were weird. Just buying fish and stuff. Oh, like, fishing. Yeah. I love squirrels, Jake. They're like one of my favorite animals. You like squirrels? Yeah. Squirrels? Yeah. yeah. I love them. And roosters. Roosters. Huh? Chickens and roosters. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Yeah. They're just badass. Yeah. My grandparents, they lived on property <laughs> when I was a kid, and they had a pet rooster named Charlie. Mm. I see. I didn't grow up on, like, property. We had an okay-sized yard for, like, living in southeast Portland, but we had... <laughs> so, my dad who raised me, who was also Mexican, as I've said before, on Knuckle Draggers, my mom loved the Latin heat. Um, <laughs> 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 he uh, he freaking bought a goat so we had a pet goat we didn't like drink its milk or anything but we had one Mm. um 
And he would, he, I think he just liked animals, dude. So then we got chickens and then, we, you know, we had our dog and we had cats and we had birds. Um, I can't remember the goat's name. I remember one of the birds was Princessa, which is princess in hmm. Spanish. Okay. <laughs> but I remember when we got our dog, I don't know. He was like this little mutt dog that they found out on the street and we, you know, someone's like, who wants this dog? And we took it and he was a sweet dog. He lived to like 18 years old. Wow. Um, but he one time got a hold of the chicken and just freaking, you know how dogs, mm-hmm. they throw their heads. That's to break the necks of their animals that they're hunting. He did that to one of the <laughs> Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it was weird. Like we had all these crazy ass animals, but just in Southeast Portland <laughs> in this little house on a lot. Well, like there's that whole thing with free range chickens, like mm-hmm. urban chickens yeah, yeah, that yeah. are just free range. Yeah. There's a, there's a, um. The neighborhood next to where my parents live, mm-hmm. it's like the Ar- Acadian, like, it's right near the Arts Vancouver School of Arts and Academics. Okay. That, there's at least, you can drive through those roads and at least see two or three chickens just, like, walking. Oh, that's awesome. I don't mind it. Yeah. It's cool. I just, it's just interesting. There's a me. house over here on the corner by WSU. They have chickens and turkeys. Oh, I've seen uh, that house. Turkeys. Yes, I, I And sometimes their house. chickens come out and they roam. But then there's one in the back roads over here that also has just chickens all over the place. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah. We didn't eat the chickens. We just ate their eggs. Okay. I think so that's how most people. I feel the squirrel guy. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs a companion, I guess, man. No, uh, I dated a girl one time, and her family, um, the, a squirrel, like, home or nest or whatever you want to call it, fell out of a tree. Oh. And the baby was abandoned by the mom, so they, like, took it in mm. and had a pet squirrel. Okay. I think they, like, rehabbed it and mm-hmm. put it back out to the wild, but for that little time that they had a squirrel, dude, I was all about it. I love that little squirrel. Hmm. I like squirrels. Cool, dude. Don't judge me, Jake. I, I'm not judging I'm you. I'm a crazy squirrel guy, too. Yeah. All right, man. You <laughs> I should have gotten this guy's number. You guys could have done, done, done a podcast together on oh, squirrels. Oh, squirrel podcast? Mm-hmm. You should have got his number. We should have had him on. Jake, you always have to think like that. I know. My bad, dude. <laughs> that would have been good radio. Anytime you get some weird interaction, just be like, hey, you want to come on my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's because we want to do more interviews. That'd mm-hmm. be amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sharing those stories, Jake. Yeah. That uh, was that was the first segment I'll of get, counterculture. I'll get more into um. I'll get more into the the gun stuff. Oh time. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I got a lot of stories. Oh up, yeah. So I think that was just a. This is just a primer. Yeah. The first one. Yep. Um. But yeah, I th- I've got some some stories. I kind of want to build a theme for sure. Oh, it, okay. So. Of crazy nuts. Of crazy nuts. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, I did get some feedback to those that listen and I told them that we were doing this and you know, some have said like they've been waiting for this. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry to sorry to disappoint. It's not disappointing though. With was this good. first one. It I know it's just a little just a little nutty. Right. But uh anyway. But the um <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll get next next week and going forward we'll I'll make sure to really get, get we'll it kind of get into it. the nuts and bolts yeah. of, of uh counterculture. Um one thing uh, just on retail I wanted to say is like when I was younger, dude, I worked retail a little bit. I was working at Target and I was stocking shelves overnight. And then they're like, hey, um, you're you're going to just do electronics from now on because you seem like, you know, electronics. And I was like, that's dope. Because then I would always have like first access to like the new games and stuff that came oh, out. Yeah? So I would always like set one aside and be like, I'm buying this later. Um, but then I would have to like they'd like, hey, you want to stay around? for maybe an hour until the store opens just to cover because I worked from like 5 a.m. to whenever we were finished stocking shelves and they're like hey when the store opens at 8 do you want to hang around till 9 and just 
run electronics um, and stock it, but help any customers that come your way. And I was like, sure. Again, you know, that's mm-hmm. experience. I can I can do it or whatever. But I was younger and hated people. Not that I don't hate people now, but I hate them less. Mm-hmm. I understand them more. <laughs> so, dude, I, I just retail and just the way that people behave sometimes just in public, regardless of in retail or not, just people in general. But I remember like there was somebody who I've always said this. I, I, co- I go to work to work and work hard and and be a nice guy. I don't go to get shit on. And so when people are disrespectful to me, I I don't I can't stand it. I have zero tolerance mm-hmm. for it. So I'm helping someone out and they're being so shitty to me. And I they, I can't remember what they said to me, but I just said, what? And they said it again, and I just said, nope, and I just walked away. <laughs> it didn't Man. help him. I was like, nope, not happening, and I walked away. I couldn't do that now. I would be smarter and wittier about mm-hmm. how I engaged with them. Yeah. Um, so, oh gosh, I wish I wish I could I could do that. I wish I had the balls to do uh, that, but I don't. That's what I'm saying. Older now, yeah. I would handle it better. Um, but back then, you know, I'm doing this for extra work to, to learn, but also to help the store out, I guess, a little bit. But... I, my job is to stock shelves at night. I don't really have to be there to help. So when they're shitty to me, I just go, I'm out, and I just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Which, obviously, I can't do that now. Yeah. I'm a little more mature and adult now, but a little bit. Just a little. Um, so I would just walk away. Yeah. I don't... I, when people interact with free stuff fascinates oh. me. We're Right now, it's our, it's our store's 40th anniversary. Uh-huh. So we have like this two-week-long sale. Well, for like 13 or like I think for the 14 days, mm-hmm. we're giving away to the first 40 people to buy something, like something free. Uh-huh. And like our first one were like quick fish, which is a type of like salmon and steelhead like lure. Okay. And they're like six, seven bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, so we had a whole box of them and we're offering to give like one away. Mm-hmm. Like, would you guys like a free quick fish? Mm-hmm. This guy's like, those are too big. You guys have any more selection than that? <laughs> He has even different colors. Like that's all, those aren't very good colors. It's like, dude, it's free. Yeah. Like, why are you complaining? <laughs> like, why are you giving this guy stay there in front of me for like a, a minute, just complaining to me that the free thing we were offering him wasn't good enough? How do you handle enough. that? I was just like, man, that's 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 all we've had. That's all they gave us. That's what corporate decided to to send over to us. Oh, dude, was there a line? No. Okay. You know what I would have done? <laughs> what? I would have been like, oh, you know what? Let me check for you. And what? And then just done nothing? <laughs> just go and just hide somewhere for a little bit. Maybe watch a YouTube Jimmy Kimmel video or something. Yeah, I've only gone and hid from, like, <laughs> walked away and hid one time. You've done it? Yeah. I guess this segment isn't over. You're telling me oh. that. <laughs> this It was right before, it was probably a week before Christmas, uh-huh. this last Christmas. Yeah. And I had just. This last Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> I had just started cashiering. Okay. And this this lady who I could hear at any anywhere in the store, I could hear her because her she's just had this sh- super just like high pitch, shrill voice and laugh, and yeah. it was just like nails on the chalkboard okay. for me. And I could just tell she's gonna be awful. And of course, she comes up, she comes up to my to where I'm cashiering, turn your light, and off. they have this <laughs> these two huge carts full of stuff, and uh-huh. I start scanning stuff, and then she's she's talking amongst her with her son mm-hmm. about license like the cost of licenses and they're like well we're going to need uh they're like she's like what's the cost for, for an annual license in oregon and i was like well it depends on what you're getting and she's just like, an annual she's like, license she's you like said that? I, yeah i was like <laughs> i was like it depends on what you're getting yeah she's like for fish 
I was like, well, what are you fishing for? Salmon steelhead? Of course. And I'm <laughs> Stupid. Like, I was like, yeah, well, sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. I'm supposed to read your mind. And I was like, okay, well, uh, annual license for I mean, your Oregon resident? She goes, well, yeah. Okay, well, they're $41 for the annual license. A Columbia River endorsement if you're going to fish for salmon steelhead on the Columbia River is another nine, $9.75. And then you need to come buy an angling tag, which is another $40.50. So it comes in $91.25. If you're going to, um, and then if you want to shellfish, it's another ten dollars. So, I said if you give, if you make, she's like, okay, well, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need, um, I'm gonna need uh, gift cards for that price. She wanted to buy gift cards for the price of a license and give them out for Christmas. Okay, which surprisingly happens a lot. I had no idea, but this huh. was this is a thing where people buy the price of a gift card. They they get a gift card for the price of a license and then okay. they give them out so they buy their family their hunting or fishing licenses right. for the for the year. That's kind of cool. It makes I mean, sense. Yeah, I, I would like that present. Yeah. Um. The. So I was, she's like, so her and her her and her son start talking back and forth, and they're like, well, okay, well, we need one for for Johnny. We need one for for this person and that person and like this person and oh, that person's not a in-state resident and well that person's a youth license and they're doing this at they're talking amongst them <laughs> talk, the talking amongst themselves and i'm just standing there <laughs> and then she turns to me and she goes you get all that <laughs> and i was like no oh my god i said i said no and she goes what you're not paying attention i'm spending four hundred dollars here you're not paying attention and I just said, you were talking amongst yourselves. You weren't. I was not part of that conversation. Yeah. And she's like, I expect you to be paying attention. And I just, and I just, I just put my hands up like this, and I said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And I just turned around and walked off. And then I just left them there with all of their items, everything, just <laughs> in their like up on the counter, everything. I just walked away. I was Hell like, no, yeah. I'm not dealing with this. Yes. I was like, I'm not. You cannot be that awful. Yeah. Wow. I expect you to listen. That's another thing I hate is when people tell me what my job is. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, that was probably one of the worst. That's why I don't work in retail. Had. Oh my god, it was awful. <laughs> it was just absolutely awful. Yeah. I would have taken like some kerosene and just <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word. Yeah. Wow. I love this segment. So, and it's and it's not like it wasn't like we don't make this we don't. Our store doesn't make any money off of licenses. So oh. that four hundred dollars she was buying, she was paying for licenses. We get no money from that. Right. We just. And that's the other thing with licenses is people like get mad at us. It's like dude, we're not state employees. Right. Right. We just sell the licenses on behalf of the state. Right. We're not government employees. <laughs> I do not make the rules and regulations. I didn't mean to change the paper. Oh, we'll get into the paper for licenses <laughs> at some point, dude. But because Oregon changed the paper that they used to print out for licenses, yeah. dude, it has caused just every old guy uh-huh. just to flip the oh, fuck out, dude. I they hate it. it. It's like this. This isn't the paper I'm used to. Well, dude, you complained <laughs> about that paper when they switched to that paper, but now you're upset that they moved away from the paper that you didn't like to begin with. But no, only because it's changed that you're pissed about it. Oh yeah. They're like I'm not gonna buy my license this year. It's like, dude, you're not gonna buy a license because you don't like the paper that it printed out on. That's all that does is tell me that you were looking for a reason to poach. Oh, you just yeah. didn't want to have to spend uh, it, and now you're just finding you just found an excuse. Right. Just stop being an asshole. Imagine getting stopped, at stopping someone as. An officer yeah. and just being like, where's your license? I didn't get one because of the paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. I've had people who are like, I'm not paying the Columbia River endorsement. It was meant to, like, I, I get their frustration on this. Okay. 
the Combe River endorsement was something that wa- both wash the or, uh, the departments of Fish and Wildlife for both Washington and Oregon mm-hmm. set up to get it's it was supposed to be attached to a license if you're going to fish for salmon steelhead on the Columbia River or the tributaries in either state mm-hmm. you would you're going to you have to pay this additional like $10 fee okay. and that was intent to raise enough money that they could get gill netters off of the main stem of the Columbia River right which everybody was for at the beginning. Well, mm-hmm. the problem, this was supposed to be the year that they got the gill netters off the river. Mm-hmm. But what did they do? They let them back in the river. And they're still charging, uh, they're still charging the, the, the endorsement fee, right. which people are super pissed about. They're like, I'm, they're like, I'm not paying that this year. Right. Well, you're still going to get ticketed. Right. And as much as I, I, I feel for you yeah. that, that, that sucks. Right. Okay, well, you're gonna have to go risk it's 106 dollars. But, but yelling at me about yeah, that does yeah. not do any good. Right. And two, <laughs> I'm just selling the license, dude. Right. If I was making a government salary, you're just okay. Fine. Yeah. Just yell at me. But dude, I'm not. I'm working at a retail store. Yeah. If you had the salary and benefits of a government position, you'd be like, all right, I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> dude, what they need to do is freaking take the approach of freaking Gary Jokum and take it to their government. Yeah. Take it to the right officials. Don't yell at the fucking clerk at the store, you idiot. Well, in, t- in their mind, that's that's their that's them doing their part. Right, right. right. It's like, and oh, I, no I, I, I spoke my piece. Right. Like, no, you just yell at a person who has absolutely no agency to do anything. Right. And then by not buying it, you're really not ma- affecting any change at all either. No. <laughs> all you're doing is giving the government a bigger paycheck when you eventually get caught. Yes. Because they're going to ticket you $160. Yeah, and that's way more than the fucking $9 you just bailed on yep. because of the paper or because of... Mm-hmm the yeah. stipulations of the whatever so that's so awesome i love this segment yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you yeah you're welcome now it's my turn all right what you are we sent doing? me an article yes i did i was like this has jeff lopez written all over uh, this article okay so you sent me this article yep um about and i think it was in the economist <laughs> Yeah, it's the article you sent me. I mm-hmm. don't think I have that one. It wouldn't let me read the whole thing. but uh, Really? Yeah, it said you had to sign in or pay something. Oh, I have a free... I, that's weird. I, I signed up free for The Economist. I didn't... Anyway. Thanks. Thanks, Jake. Sorry. I thought I would let you read the whole thing. <laughs> tell me. Tell me. Tell the audience about this article. Tell me. About, tell the audience about the article, but then also about the original article, or wh- however way you want to start it. Okay. Well, yeah. hold on. Let me pull up... I have it pulled up right here. Here we go. So the Economist article was student activists demand the punishment of a dissenting professor. Mm-hmm. And the gist of this article is that a professor named Samuel Abrams, mm-hmm. who is a self-identified conservative professor, um, has openly um, has been open about how he feels about on many topics. He doesn't. Um, he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, who opposes Donald Trump? Yes, um, on ideological grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's found himself over an article that he wrote, titled um, "If you think professors are liberal, try campus administrators, school administrators." School administrators. Yeah. And he received a ton of pushback from students on his on his campus on his campus, yes. asking for his tenure to be reviewed. Um, his the the wall to his office was completely trashed. He had pictures <gasps> of his kids up there, and they like marked, like took permanent <gasps> marker and like destroyed the pictures of his kids. Wrote mm-hmm. fascist, just 
all over, like all over his, just destroyed his build, like his little clipboard he had out, outside, just right. and have just been going after these people. And unfortunately, the administrators of his <laughs> campus, mm-hmm. which is Sarah Lawrence College, yeah, um, didn't have his back. Are you serious? Most of the faculty in his department mm-hmm. signed the petition that the student <gasps> group who's that that is going against him yeah signed the petition to have his tenure reviewed campus administrators wrote a i guess the reply to him when he reached out to them they said we you should have come to us first before writing that article and he's like well i was told when i was hired here Mm -hmm. that i have freedom to publish however and how much i want like i don't have to have stuff reviewed so he was under the impression that he could publish Right, you know, freely. Yeah, his his opinions, his his uh, his research, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when there was pushback, the campus administrators and his fellow faculty folded, and they didn't they didn't they haven't had his back. And I don't know what's going to happen with his tenure review if it, right. if that's actually going to happen or not. But we'll see. But the fact that you know, I mean, the fact that he didn't, they didn't even speak out against the aggression towards him mm-hmm. was it was is honestly it's shocking and, and it's sad yeah um one of the one of the things that were written on his wall outside of his like on his door was um from a student that says our right to exist is not ideological asshole signed by a quote tr- a transsexual fag that's what the person said mm-hmm. well i think he was saying because abrams the mm-hmm. the professor yeah um was talking about the 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 gist of his article made no reference to anything like limit like anything should be limited or mm-hmm. he was calling out any sort of minority groups right. not anything wasn't calling out anything like that okay um but apparently because he was questioning the existence of safe spaces on campus mm-hmm. um that he was implicitly or even explicitly mm-hmm. um calling out minority minority cultures and hmm. they, they took it they took it as such another right. person writes go teach somewhere else you racist asshat maybe charlottesville um <sighs> people on social media started um anonymous social media mm-hmm. outlets that are associated to the campus started um not to the to students on campus student groups on campus mm-hmm. started posting things that uh the professor was having um like extramarital affairs was cheating on his wife mm-hmm. like just completely unfounded claims right telling him like he needed to quit and all this stuff like that so this guy this this guy <laughs> got just completely dragged through the ringer um over something that he posted so i think now laying the groundwork of what the economist article was talking about mm-hmm. the um his original article was as titled as such as I had said. It's you know if you think you professors, know, professors are liberal, are liberal um, school administrators. Yes, mm-hmm. the ideological bent of those overseeing collegiate life is having the biggest impact on campus culture. Yes. So Abrams writes um, that he was after the administrators of his college allowed for the creation of of liberation spaces on mm-hmm. campus, which I, I'm thinking is from what the, he described in the, in the, in his article is essentially a safe space for people of um, all sorts of backgrounds, you know, racial backgrounds, uh, sexual preference backgrounds, um, uh, gender backgrounds mm-hmm, to go mm-hmm. and, um, um, and have like a space where they can talk without being people having microaggressions towards them. Right. Um, he also called out 
because on top of that, there was other campus forums that were on understanding white privilege, on microaggressions, mm-hmm. other areas where under the guise of trying to allow for free speech, and he was saying it, it not having an, any, any sort of ideological diversity, mm-hmm. not having something, not having camp, um, campus held forums mm-hmm. or anything like that right that would have would have an ideological maybe not even opposition but just an, just having something that would align more with you know conservative values or beliefs not having that availability on campus right. is a direct reflection of the imbalance of people who identify as liberal and conservative within campus administrators so he created a survey where he surveyed oh. 900 campus administrators across the nation mm-hmm. asking them you know what they how they identify themselves politically. Mm-hmm. And he said that it came back as a 12 to one ratio of liberal to conservative administrators on camp- okay. of these 900 that he'd surveyed. And that means that only 6% identified as somewhat, cons- as somewhat conservative on, mm-hmm. in, you know, on any level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then which he said makes by percentage administrators, the most liberal group on campus. Mm. So more it's, it's more the, the ratio is skewed more, like administrators have the bigger of liberal to conservative rate, like the higher ratio, it's a higher ratio than um, faculty or students. Okay. Um, then he went on to say that uh, first year students reportedly identify um, as liberal only two to one, which is like the lowest proportion of any population on campus. Oh, wow. Um, and then to their, uh, you know, two to one to their conservative uh, classmates. And then, um, so his, that brings us to his second concern. The first concern being that there was no ideological alternative to safe spaces and understanding white privilege and stuff like that. Um, he said, concern number two, a fairly liberal uh, population of students is being taught by a disproportionately liberal, liberal faculty in overseen by an overwhelmingly liberal administration. Mm-hmm. Um, his advice was don't accept unthinkingly what your campus administrators are telling you. Mm-hmm. And then his conclusion conclusion is the ideological imbalance coupled with the, their agenda setting power threatens the free and open exchange of ideas, which is precisely what we need to protect. Yeah. So he, he not, he not once in his, in his article, which is actually a fairly short article mm-hmm. calls out any sort of minority culture or says that any of their arguments is invalid. Right. He was just saying that, there seems to be a ver- a vast of like a vast divide mm-hmm. in ideologies at the administration level, and that what that ends up creating is it limits the ideological alternatives and the kind of like that. I've I've often spoke about this the um, the marketplace of ideas, mm-hmm. and it, it limit it almost gatekeeps what kind of ideas get to that marketplace. So it's not really a true free market of ideas. It's a limited market of ideas that are being purported. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's an interesting, it's unfortunate what happened to him um, over something he wrote mm-hmm. and a lot of things being attributed to him that he didn't, he didn't say. Right. So anyway, I sent that to you mm-hmm. and I think it, it, what it, it, I think that this sparks a debate on just free speech in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where you wanted to go with, with this. I'm so annoyed. Are you? Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I figured you would be. Yeah. D- th- then th- this is something that you and I have talked about and planned on doing for a long time, which is an episode dedicated to free speech. So I wanted to take this opportunity to not only look at free speech, but also... Uh, 
I think there needs to be a conversation about what you're saying is the free market of ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'll start with this example of like shutting down people with uh, oppositional ideas, not wrong ideas, not bad ideas, just different than yours and how dangerous that is. Um, and, the, you know, I've talked to you off mic uh, plenty of times about Ben Shapiro. Yes. And Ben Shapiro was constantly called a Nazi or a white supremacist. And he's like a freaking devout Jewish man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a Nazi? Yeah, it's ironic, What are you right? talking about? And, you know, listen, uh, uh, what I do appreciate about him is that he, as far as as far as legislation is, he comes from the point of view is like, you do whatever you need to do and live your life as long as it doesn't impose on me and my life. And I won't impose my beliefs or my ideas on you and your life um, as far as legislation. But he has very strict or conservative ideas about social behaviors or 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 what have you based and founded on his religion and interpretation of his religion. Mm-hmm. which is his freedom. Yeah. So when 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 Ben is talking about an idea or a subject, sometimes it is very founded in a place of religion. It's coming and stemming from who he is as a religious man. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make him a Nazi. It's just his opinion. Why, and people will shut down protests or oppose him coming to the campus to talk about these ideas because he's white supremacist or because he's a Nazi. And that, I see the same thing with Samuel Abrams. Mm-hmm. Just because he has a, a and, and, and the, the point is, and the idea is, by labeling somebody a Nazi or labeling them the enemy or whatever you want to label them as, now you don't have to have a conversation with them. Because having a conversation with them doesn't mean anything it doesn't get you anywhere because they're obviously you know in in some way primitive because they're white supremacists or nazis Mm -hmm. you automatically have can shut down their point of view or a conversation with them because they're just immediately wrong once you label them as something as evil as a nazi Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah and it happens all the time and i see it happening over and over and more and more to conservatives and it's that is so problematic to culture to education and to growth as an individual a community a society a government a world yeah you wonder why people flocked to trump right it's that one of the one of the causing factors is what you just labeled yes what you just what you just lined out they became marginalized and hostile yes once you marginalize them or restrict their voice they are going to gain sympathy they're going to gain support because people fundamentally believe in the first amendment the freedom of speech Mm -hmm. and when you police that or limit that that's not okay it's not fair if 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 (laughs) i i hate to do this liberal conservative but we're seeing it we're seeing it in conservatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Stephen Crowder is met with the same resistance and protests and opposition. Again, a religious man who found his ideas are founded in his religious base, but also, you know, how he was raised socially. He's a, I think he was a French Canadian. I think he's 
Okay. Um, but, I don't know yeah. his background. Um, he's Canadian, but he lives here. He loves America. And kind of, he has the same ideas as far as freedom of speech, but people protest and fight and to shut him down. And I, I list these people because these are two people that I often listen to and explore because they give me insight on the opposition of what I usually think and believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe getting that freaking, you know, that opposition idea, which is what you and I promote. It's what you and I, how we became friends, how we started talking, how we started debating about things. Because liberal hippie tie-dye, conservative household, Jake Joachim hunting man, <laughs> du- uh, bird expert. <laughs> bird expert. <laughs> expert on doves. Um, so, I mean, this is something that pisses me off, dude, because I've said this a million times. I want to be able to say whatever the hell I want without consequence. Now, that's not how freedom of speech works. <laughs> but I like to say that just, just I, I think, you know, it, I think that, that, that comment or that idea gets to the um, the notion or something that I've, I've expressed before. It's like an overcorrection. Mm-hmm. Like if I just say that, then maybe someone will go, well, you can't do that, but the, there's a limit to freedom of speech. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I always try to go to the extremes, but I don't know. It's super frustrating and it's, it's, you know, this is something that you can absolutely get into the slippery slope argument with mm-hmm. as far as restricting um, speech, um, but I don't know. I have some facts here if you want to get into some okay. facts of freedom of um, speech. Hit me with facts. Okay, bro. so one thing I wrote down is like you look historically uh, at like kings or dictators okay. who have imprisoned people for making jokes or criticizing the government. Mm-hmm. In the United States, um, the one thing that is so there, not everything is protected at the same level on freedom of speech. But the one thing is at the top of that tier, as far as protected speech, is pro- political speech. Yeah, you're allowed to say whatever you want mm-hmm. to an extent. Obviously, it's complicated. Yes, it is complicated. But it's called a uh, preferred position, which is any law or regulation or executive act that limits political speech is almost always struck down by the courts. And I have an example: um, Brandenburg versus Ohio in 1968. A KKK leader was making a speech in public that naturally was deemed offensive and possibly threatening. However, the court ruled that the because the speech was political, it was protected by the First Amendment, um, no matter how outrageous the speech was. The court said that the Constitution guarantees the free speech and free press. Um, wait, guarantees of free speech and free pe- press do not permit a state to forbid or prescribe advocacy of the use of force of the law violation except where such advocacy is directed to inciting or producing imminent action and is likely to produce such action. Hmm. So that gets to the, okay. the, the, the one rule to freedom of speech that we hear all the time is if you're in inciting violence or action, that's where kind of the law, the line is drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have examples of that. Okay. <laughs> um, so here's a, here's an interesting example. Um, so like you can you can advocate for like breaking the law, like such as like not paying your taxes. Mm-hmm. But once people start not paying their taxes because of what you said, that's where it gets okay. blurred. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so unless it leads to actions that they're advocating for. An example is U.S. versus Schenck in 1917. Schenck was distributing pamphlets urging people to avoid the draft for World War One, which was a violation of the Espionage Act, which essentially states that it's illegal to obstruct the draft or the war effort. Okay. In this case... The Espionage Act was pretty... Right. Controversial. Yes, but yeah. it was. But, yeah. I mean, according to that law, this was a violation of that. But one in the case, Oliver Wendell Holmes ruled that, quote, when that speech presents a clear and present danger, the state can then abridge that person's speech. He most famously explained that the First Amendment does not protect a person who shouts fire in a crowded theater. Okay. In later cases, though, Holmes limited this idea because it gave government a lot of leeway um, to state what kind of speech created danger, especially during war. Mm -hmm. So that gets to yeah. kind of like the Espionage Act. So it's complicated. Um, but uh, one thing I wanted to say is symbolic freech. Uh, symbolic freech? What am I saying? <laughs> symbolic speech, especially if it's political, is allowed. Yeah, you can say whatever the hell you want about the president. Um, symbolic, though. Burning the flag. Oh, oh symbolic. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry. You can do it. Mm -hmm. You can do it. Hate speech? Protected. Um, commercial speech may not be protected unless it's political. Mm -hmm. um, and then one thing I found, you know, I'm, that I know is uh, spending your money is a form of uh, freedom of speech. So spending it on political campaigns is viewed as your freedom of speech because you're paying with your, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. You're, you're speaking through your, your payments. So not protected, which I thought was kind of interesting, is um, inciting violence, obviously. The example, mm -hmm. shouting fire in a theater. Um, but f uh, fighting words is not protected. So uh, Chaplinsky versus New Hampshire in 1941. The defendant was in an altercation with someone and w said words that seemed more like insults than a call to action or violence. Um, but the court ruled that some words were so <laughs> insulting that they were likely to result in a fight. Mm. So that was not protected. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm sure there are examples where you could fight and argue that it is protected. Uh -huh. But, I mean, in 1941, who knows what the the interpretation of these harmful words were. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To entice a fight. Um, but overall, it protects against government action, not private companies. Okay. So you can say whatever you want against the government. You can say... You know what I mean? But if you work for a job or you work for a company and you're criticizing the, the your boss or mm -hmm. the company or talking about how the company operates, you can lose your job for that. And that's not protected. They have the right to yeah, fire you. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think my biggest point in all of this is there are I think that there are social rules and expectations as far as speech. Mm hmm. Mainly being, don't be an asshole. Don't be a dick, dude. That's all, like, but obviously not everybody <laughs> adheres yeah. to that rule or has the same understanding as, as you mm -hmm. and I, maybe. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't have the right to say. So they're exploring ideas about the economy or healthcare or having an opposition or an opposing point of view from somebody more liberal. That's not problematic. No. That's not hate speech no that's just a differing opinion mm -hmm. and i don't know dude this shit pisses me off so much and and one thing 
that I, I, I don't want to get down this rabbit hole, but it's like, you know, I'm obsessed with comedy. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, even today and just the culture that we live in, I hear comedians constantly say, like, I am always thinking about should I or should I not say this on stage? One thing that I always think about is and that I always push when in my discussions privately about freedom of speech or language is intent. Mm-hmm. If you say something fucked up, which I usually do in private conversations, um, it's always it's always with the intent of it being a joke. On knuckle draggers, I'm gonna say this. Okay. <laughs> I'll say what you mean. On knuckle draggers, I made a joke about like um, about <laughs> Mexicans being alcoholics, <laughs> and like I, it was just a real quick blurp. Like I just said it almost conversational, like in the middle. And Dimitri was like, "Wait, wait." You didn't defend them. You said that they were all alcoholics. And you're like, I said, yeah, I know. It was a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's not true. But people for that's a small example that somebody might lose their job for or get pushed to lose their job for for making Mm -hmm. a joke. It's comedy. Now, I know that some jokes and some words can be harmful and hurtful. And listen, if some if, if I was using a word. That was offensive to somebody that I'm close with or friends with or even in proximity. They're just like, hey, that that word's offensive to me. All right, dude, I'm not trying to I'm not out to hurt people's feelings. I'm not out to be an asshole. Mm -hmm. I get it. I understand if that offends you, dude, I totally respect you enough to not say it around you. But. We're pushing the limits of that. Yeah. No, we're we're. I think we we've already pushed the limits. We've right. they, uh, lines have been crossed. They have absolutely, and and it's weird because this idea of restricting language on others. You you could want to push for that as hard as, as hard as you feel emboldened or impassioned to, because you've been offended mm-hmm. or 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 affected directly. Yeah, but if the tables were turned. And you had a mom coming after you for saying things that they didn't like. You would fight to the death for it mm-hmm. because of the freedom of speech. It just doesn't make sense yeah. that these kids are just these students are are attacking people. Students. That's what I just don't get. I just don't understand that. Well, I think it's. I don't know. I don't know this for sure. And to try to lump all students mm-hmm, into one, mm-hmm. obviously, is it, it's a fallacy. But it's like all Mexicans are drunks. <laughs> yeah, but I think that. Students who act in the way that of the student group that is, it, and it should be noted, the student group that is at the front of the attacks on Professor mm-hmm. Abrams is like a hundred people. Right. So it's not like this is in any way indicative of all students no. on all universities no. in the United States, but there is a very activist group of people who are mm-hmm. very, very loud and they seem seemingly get placated a lot by right. by campus administrators. And I think that is what one of Abrams's biggest points is that we have a we have administrator we have a disproportionate a very skewed ratio mm-hmm. of of ideology representing the administration of these campuses. Outliers like these like these groups who are at the forefront of the attacks on on the on Dr. Abrams mm-hmm. is um an almost unfounded attacks. Right. Really. Um is I think I think it, it's 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 allowed to per- be perpetuated because I think of the if, of the of the imbalance of, ideolo- of ideology mm-hmm. represented on these campuses, and I think that's what Abrams is kind of getting at. 
But I think what it, I think what happens is that this kind of activism becomes like a tool mm-hmm. in the, in, and instead of actually using that activism, that energy in a way that could really fundamentally bring change at the government level, it's just really easy to go and get in, get, well, I think get, having Abram, getting support on a, on a very like, um, isolated campus, mm-hmm. like Sarah Lawrence college, right? it's much easier because you're not, you're not going to get challenged. Right. And, right. and if you're trying to go after a government official, there's going to be pushback, right? There's actually could be some legal oh, consequence. Yeah. There's actual consequences that come when you put your name to something that challenges the status quo in the real world. Mm-hmm. But in an isolated campus, you can claim anything is happening to you. All these, all these microaggressions with really no, like no basis in reality or mm-hmm. even any sort of evidence to the, you know, any sort of evidence to back up your claims. Right. So they can go after and say all of this stuff about Abrams because there's really no consequences. It's easy to do right. and it's an easy victory, right? Absolutely. Because you're going to, because they've already been placated, they've been coddled. Mm-hmm. And so it's super easy to go in and just be like, oh, we're, we're going to go and focus our anger on this mm-hmm. and, and we're going to have change. And then we're going to, we're going to, to them, it's, they're, oh, they're changing their, they're, they're, they're changing the culture or they're, you know, they're fighting the good fight. But really, there's no, it's not really even that. They're not really even being that edgy because it's such a, it's such an environment that is already um, tailored to mm-hmm, support mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. There's there's almost no consequences to their to their actions, so it's really don't they don't there's there's no downside to them doing it. Right. What happens to an administrator who who signed off and signed that petition? Who somebody later finds an email or a tweet or a blog post where they said something that could be interpreted as offensive. Or aggressive, mm-hmm. and now they're being attacked by the same student group. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think I gets. I mean, I don't know if that touches on the slippery slope argument that you 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 brought up earlier. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it it is it is annoying because you do feel like you can't. You do feel like you can't say certain things in in, in classrooms. Mm-hmm. You do feel. I I think they're. I don't know. Not so much in our. I don't really know so much in our experience, but there right. is there is certain things that. You know, you can't, you can't say. Right. Well, I would assume that as someone who is Republican and conservative, which I think you identify as both, right? Fairly. Fiscal. Conservative. Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, you did. I thought I did. (laughs) I'm just saying, I know of certain times where in classes, professors have said things like, as far as like describing the, the group that you identified with as and you were like well I don't necessarily know if you're representing that group well enough okay um not quite on the same line but the the biggest for me personally yeah. was um having a student when we're talking about uh Christopher Columbus mm-hmm, we were studying mm-hmm. Chris we were studying Christopher Columbus and the right. class was ex- European expansion overseas and um one of the professors on campus said you know what what is like the controversy surrounding should columbus day be a day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a student said that i think um she said that celebrating columbus day is like having a holiday for nazis Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was i was like and for me i was like that's just ridiculous right and then the fact that there wasn't any pushback just made it made it even worse for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, I I don't. Right, right. I get Columbus was a bad dude, and right. really, we should question whether there should be a pushback from who. 
Professor? Professor. What about from fellow students? Or fellow students. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my that's what I'm getting at is like just this this quick to in the reference I was making about you is like you you know, as a let's just say Republican mm-hmm. describing to a classroom what a Republican is while not being a Republican, I think can be that's a that's a touchy line, you know what I mean? And as a Republican student, you're sitting there being told how your 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 ideology or the way that you have you view mm-hmm. your group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I know that in that instance you were just like, I don't know if I agree with that. Um but I think that the point that you bring up is also that's something you and I have talked about off mic is just like zero pushback. I feel like there are a few instances um from friends of ours um and even us um, specifically have been in classrooms and have seen students just act outrageously and say insane things and some professors just don't address it or take too long to address it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. and and i just i don't and i don't i honestly don't fault the professors i think that that's that is a a product of of get, maybe getting in trouble for saying something you know what i mean yeah and oh now this professor's limiting what i say in a classroom and you know what i mean yeah i think it, it depends on how it's done for sure um, absolutely and to be fair this professor that i'm talking about mm-hmm. does a very good has done yes in on other instances very yes well at um making Students clarify what they're yes, saying. Yes, and, yes. And in that way, it challenges yes. um, what that person's saying. Yeah, like, that's my can, favorite. Can you, can you clarify on that? Like, <laughs> that's the best what way do you to challenge mean, it. What do you mean when you say that? Yes. And then And then it quickly falls apart because I think that I think other than like the bumper sticker quote that they just the student just blurted yes. out, they have nothing else to back up that Great claim with. point. So that, that it falls apart fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But there are, I mean, I have, I've had experiences where professors have even have have failed to even go to that right have failed to even Absolutely. go to that level and almost like nod an approval and you're just like really yeah. like yeah. You, you're just going to let that one go <laughs> it, it's just like for me and mostly it happened in sociology sociology classes uh-huh, uh-huh. um not to shit on that discipline but yeah we're talking about capitalism right yes. and he was talking about like, here cap- we go capitalism <laughs> so it's something that i identify with right uh, like are, are, we, are, we, are you talking about the same professor i'm thinking i think think, think you are yes I, he there were some things that were let go in his class when i had it yeah and yeah. he was talking we're t- he was talking specifically about capital like yes. the history of capitalism yes. and then he was talking about hit capitalism in the 1500s and i was like well long-run economic theory wasn't even a thing until 1776 when adam smith wrote his book so you can't really call that capitalism really it was mercantilism yeah. you were to look at it hard like a hardline stance but he was he was talking about how you know um also it's it's the hoarding of wealth and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff it's mm-hmm. like well no that's not in any way what capitalists believe capitalists right. believe in in open and free and open markets mm-hmm. not not um a gold-based standard where people hoard wealth and right. that's not at all what like real capitalists right. talk about so you're misrepresenting what capitalist what capitalism re- is so after you raised your hand and said that what'd he say i didn't i didn't <laughs> i just made a note on my, i just made a note yeah but yeah but because students started picking up on that and in in this there oh. was just it just all of a sudden it quickly became an environment where i didn't feel like i could speak up right. without getting attacked right and maybe that's just my own insecurities yeah i'm sure a lot of that has to do with it i didn't talk much in class anyway right but um but the thing is is like with you and you raising your hand and saying something like that, that professor says, what do you mean by that? You could go on for days what the fuck you meant by that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know enough and you're confident enough in what you're saying to back it up. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that point you made as far as like clarifying what you mean. Um, all those things that like calling Ben, calling Ben Shapiro a Nazi. What do you mean by that? What makes him a Nazi? You know, he's, he's Jewish, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you, anybody who makes those blanket statements or those, those labeling statements, what do you mean by that? They'll break down quickly. Like you said, that bumper stick, sticker statement. I love that phrase. All these people writing that shit on Abram's door and on mm-hmm. his wall and stuff. Okay, explain to me why you think he's those things. Yeah, why, why do you think that he wouldn't support you as a transsexual human being? Right. He didn't say anything about that in your in in article. article. Nothing. But it's, e- but it's easy because they're like, well, we're, like it's implicit in his language. Okay, well, that's subjective. It is subjective, yes. Go have a conversation with him yep. and ask him what he truly means. And then if he says, oh, I don't think transsexual people should have basic rights, yeah. then be upset. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the problem is people just interpreting the way the things that people say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and another thing I see all the time in the media is like uh, people like some of these controversial figures, whether it's Jordan Peterson or, or, or Ben or uh, Stephen Crowder, if they sit down with any news outlet or news media and they're doing a long and they do a long form interview and then they splice it to make it seem like they're saying things that they aren't. Mm-hmm. And then that just gets more hate. And you know what I mean? They're fi- they're feeding into that narrative of, of see how this guy, I guess he is pretty, pretty racy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then if you only dig at surface level, yeah, of course that's going to. Right. I, and, and that's why I love podcasts mm-hmm. is because you get these long form conversations. There's so many co- podcasts where I've listened to these people talk about, how they're misrepresented re- misrepresented or what they really mean when they say these things and when you listen to them you're like oh okay that's not that doesn't seem racist or bigoted to me or if they do say something that maybe like they have a belief that you disagree with then you say well okay that's just founded in their religion you have freedom of religion yeah you know what i mean yeah, i'm not going to shit on somebody for believing whatever mm-hmm. they because go ahead you <laughs> Just to, to follow that point, yeah, yeah. the only time that, like, be upset when there's actual policy that is being, like, yes. that, that the ideology that you that you say endangers your freedoms, yes. if that ideology is indeed then influencing policy, that could actually restrict you, yes. then that calls for activism. Right, right. But going and, and trying to have a uh, mess up the life of a professor because he has a, uh, an opinion that you don't agree with. Right. That's dangerous. It's so dangerous. I don't get it. Have we talked about when those those protest groups came to campus? I think we've touched on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we did. I think we did. Yeah. But I mean, the thing I loved about WSU is the way that they've handled maybe more controversial figures coming to they've campus. They've handled incredibly well. So well. I was very impressed with our uh, alma mater, with how they handled uh, Joey Gibson and, right. the, um, right. and Patriot Prayer. Mm-hmm. They wanted to come to campus and they wanted to have a demonstration against 16, I-1639. Mm-hmm. And campus said, okay, we'll give them permission. They can totally come here and they can have a conversation. And... We're not going to, and we're not going to shut down. And we're campus. not going to shut down other schools in the area that they went and had their demonstration shut down. Yeah, and and I watched videos from both, from both campuses, one that shut down and one that didn't. And the one that did, you had people who were with that group, who came to to speak their word and idea on 
the the legislation. But you also had people who went out of their way to go to campus to oppose them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The school was shut down, so they weren't. Nobody was there. Um, they weren't obligated to be there for school. So these people who went to engage with Patriot Prayer and Joey Gibson were there to oppose them. Oppose them on grounds that Patriot Prayer were not there for. No, I don't. Yes, I don't see anybody yes. sitting there arguing for I sixteen thirty nine. No, it's like we're there to combat um, P- Joey Gibson and Patriot Prayer because they're racists. They're racist Nazis. Yeah. Because once you label them racist Nazis, the conversation ends. You don't yeah. have to have it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on on campus at at Washington State University, they didn't close, and there were students there, and there were students talking and engaging, but they weren't. It wasn't. It didn't get to that that tense level that it did on at the other campus yeah you know what i mean and it was just i thought civil Mm -hmm. they had there was great conversations had between joey his followers and students that were there yeah um and it created a natural check on joey gibson to say whatever he wanted because well because he was claiming that our professor like professors at wsu are you know liberal indoctrinating Mm -hmm. people you know professors right and people are like well no (laughs) like that's not true oh that made me so proud that made me so proud because you and I are in a very, you know, it's liberal arts. It's it's social degree. Like we're hist- we're historians. We're we study history that uh, those 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 departments and those subjects are the most, I think, targeted as far as like, oh, you guys are just liberal indoctrinated hippies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always feel like when people talk about history, like, oh, you're just indoctrinated into thinking one way or another. Yeah. And the experience I had was. Kind of what you said earlier, don't take what what Abrams was saying. Mm-hmm. Don't and the professors preached what Abrams said as far as don't take everything at face value. Do your own research, investigate both sides, and draw a conclusion from mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's all I've ever been taught there in history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean we've we've dabbled in the other disciplines yes. there, but mostly our education, yeah, was yeah. the history faculty who is outstanding. Right. For the majority of my education there, it was people saying, think for yourselves, do your own research, then draw a conclusion mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And when somebody came to campus and was trying to say the opposite of that, students stood up and said, no, that's not the experience we have here. Everybody, our professors have told us to think for yourselves and do your own mm-hmm. research and make your own arguments. Yeah. And oh, that just made my heart feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think that there is a s- loss in all of this is that I think the majority of people adhere to the same kind of philosophy about free speech that you and I do. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it's just these small campus I groups do. that yes. get... That get the um, the attention. Yes, it is small groups. It is this internet bullying. It is this call out culture. Mm-hmm. You know, even reading Gutfeld's book. Never in my fucking life would I ever read that. But you're like, you should read that book. This is what it talks about. Well, okay, doing research on Gutfeld, I think I would fundamentally disagree on a lot of what he says. Mm-hmm. But this would be a good exercise for me. Yeah, to read this book by somebody who is different ideologically than me Mm -hmm. and it was i think like we did on when we talked about the book there were some points where like oh that's interesting okay i never thought of it like that um maybe i should examine things a little differently or with that piece of information in mind yeah it only helps me grow these people who just want to shut out opposing ideas it's not good for them 
No. They're not going to grow. Mm-mm. It's not going to help them. It's 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 so dangerous. It's so detrimental to their own growth. They like you said earlier, they think they're doing a good thing and they're fucking hurting themselves. Yeah. By not by by screaming into an echo chamber, you're only hearing your own voice come back. Yeah. How how does that benefit anybody? It benefits them in the short run. I mean, I it because they don't have to, they don't have to deal with. Um, they can just ignore the uh, cognitive dissonance. Yes. that happens when you have oh. when you have conversations with people. Yes. That's why anybody shuts off, yes. right? You don't want to have to actually challenge yourself. So it is it, it is self serving to them in the short yes. run because it's it makes campus life easier for them, mm-hmm. and it makes it it makes <laughs> they're it, it they don't have to challenge themselves, which You're is just a, a lot of work. Genius, Jake. That was so well put. Perfect. That's why I, I love tried. you. That was good. Um, let me ask you something real quick. Yeah. Have you done any research or read on any on like um, deplatforming? No. On Facebook or Twitter or anything like that? Deplatforming. Yeah. Is that when like, a, like Alex Jones yes. lost it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that I think is an interesting topic um, going into communications, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, reading up on that stuff, doing yeah. research on that stuff. Um, and... You know, we're on a platform. Mm-hmm. We have a podcast. Yeah, we I say mean, things. Spotify, someone, they could be like, no, say what you mean is too controversial yeah. for us. We're removing them. On, on the recent episode, Jeff said all Mexicans are drunks. <laughs> He's got to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. could happen. That could happen. Um, but the point being is that, you know, that's a controversial thing today is like this professor and the small groups or, or, or um, you know, this internet call out culture they attack individuals who have differing opinions to limit their speech on these platforms Mm -hmm. whether it's twitter youtube facebook um instagram yeah all of that Mm -hmm. people are now being banned from these things so just real quick uh, and you can tell me what your thoughts are on this um, because i'm interested to know but you know i think i think you're i think you'll agree with me that these are <clears throat> private companies mm-hmm. they can ban as they see fit yeah right yeah i mean it's the private company they need to adhere to stock holders it's adhere to a board mm-hmm. they have to do things to make the company money yeah and if having a place for white supremacists to say hateful things is damaging to their product mm-hmm. then they're going to try to remove that sure right i get it I understand, but it's almost like the space they've created. Yes. It's it's almost gotten to the point where it. I don't I don't want to say regul I don't want to say regulation I don't want to go there. That's one of the word I was thinking about. But <laughs> it's almost like yes, it's a pro- yes, the it's all, it's like the internet, right? Like right. just the internet on, in general. I know yes. all of this exists on the internet, yes. but it's it with it's an internet within an internet. Yes. This makes sense because. The internet created like the internet created a space, right? Right, and through net neutral like net neutrality laws, mm-hmm. no one can own like they can own like the access to the like the the right. gateway to the internet and how to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, but they can't have a monopoly on it. It just anyway that's getting into the weeds. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I no, mean, you have net, a good point. You net net neutrality. Net neutrality. No one can really own the space of the internet, right? It's, right. It's public space, okay. but within that there are regular like there is. 
some sort there are some regulations. The okay. government has become the steward of the internet. Mm-hmm. It's it's a public it's basically it's a public good at this point. Yes. And the I think what has been created on these social media sites mm-hmm. is almost reminiscent of the early days of the of the internet. Okay. And that is I don't know if you can control access. You can't really you can control access to it for like through subscriptions and stuff like that and yeah. having to sign up and but I almost wonder if you do at some point there needs to be some sort of some sort of regulation on one gatekeeping, how who you can and can't leave out, but mm-hmm. also like at what point is there regulation on what can and can't be said, what can be what can't be distributed and stuff like right. that. I don't know if that's the right way to think about it. I, I think you're on a right path. I think you're. I see what you're saying. The, yeah. I don't. I don't like know. Twitter. I don't, I, don't, I don't have it. I haven't had a chance to really flesh this out in my mind. <laughs> so it's going to come across as really. I love really, that. That's really, good though. Really bad. That's good though. But um. Yeah, I don't. I, let's hmm. let, let's look at Trump for example on okay. Twitter. He's blocking people, mm-hmm. and he, and the court said he can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. That wasn't Twitter saying that. Mm-hmm. That was the court saying that. Yeah, and it's interesting that the court is interpreting the space that social media has yes. created yes. And, and is now passing legislation on that created yes. space. Yes, that's what I was kind of getting that's at. That's interesting. Um, so it's almost, it's making the space that these in, these these social media sites have created tangible. Right. And now regul- you know, it can be regulated because mm-hmm. it isn't going to be a public good now. Um, at what point does the government have the obligation to step in and say, okay, well, these um, people presenting false information that is swaying the minds of people, yes. when does that need to be to be uh, rallied, you know, right. reined in? Um, it's like you could almost take it at the West, right? In westward expansion, at what point did the gov- federal government have an obligation to step in and start, <laughs> yeah. to, and start to regulate the, the, uh, the actions of people on the frontier yes. and stuff like that? So right. it... Um, I think anytime you have this new space, mm-hmm. what is the role of government in that new space? Ooh, and I don't, well and, I, and I think as we get, I think it becomes more and more evident mm-hmm. that there is a role for government for sure at some level. What that what that level is 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 we can we can debate, and that's right. what our, that's what our elected officials are there to debate yes. for. We elect them to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it has become evident with. Um, with con- with the constant manipulation of foreign governments using mm-hmm. our social media platforms to, to spread disinformation, right. to spread discord, um, there is an obligation. And I think the government itself has. And this is controversial, and you can disagree with me on this, but I think private companies versus uh, the if you were to look at okay, who should be the who should be the stewards of this space that's been created should it be private companies or should it be the government? Mm-hmm. And I think that having public regu- public regulation on this space is much more conducive to keeping it free and open than private um than private uh ownership right right yeah damn dude you crushed that maybe i don't know high five (laughs) (laughs) um one thing i i want to say is like when when i was talking about this with somebody you know they're like what do you think about deplatforming should they be able to deplatform and um Bef- uh, tr- I'm trying to avoid to get into that mm-hmm. because we've talked about that. But you know, if your organization claims to be a platform for your community or your, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. but you're not going to give 
an opportunity to everybody within that community community yeah i think that's problematic you know facebook doesn't come out and say this is a place for everyone to have a voice and then blocks people mm-hmm. they don't say that in their in any of their rules and regulations yeah if they did you could argue that mm-hmm. i just have seen recently some platforms or some organizations who say we want to allow everybody to have a voice and then they restrict the voice of certain people Mm -hmm. that's problematic that pisses me off and it's unfair that gets to the um the main the main a major point of this i don't think that we've touched on we've touched on a lot which is really good i think but philosophically there is a major difference between freedom and liberty and there's a reason why our founders use the word liberty instead of freedom Mm -hmm. and that is liberty is um Liberty, the difference between freedom is you have the ability to do, to do anything. Right. Liberty is freedom, but I can't impose upon like your freedom. Right. Like I can't just, I can't just do and say things without consequence that inhibit your ability to live your life the way you want to live it. Right. That, so there are, liberty is freedom, but with, you know, with, const- with constraint right. so that you don't have just complete lawlessness. Mm-hmm. So I have the liberty, you know, the, the, I didn't explain that very well, but there is a <laughs> fundamental difference between liberty and f- liberty and freedom, mm-hmm. and I think that that is going to be a major philosophical launching point for how the internet is going to be regulated going mm-hmm. forward. It's like, mm-hmm. do you have the freedom to do and say anything that you want? It's a voice for everybody, right? Or is there an obligation that like, you have the liberty to have a profile, mm-hmm. but that profile can't infringe upon? the rights of of others right 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 so that's a good point does that make sense yes absolutely all right you got to go to work i do have to go to work (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for hanging out dude of course man this Uh, was a great conversation it was good i I wait every week for this i love this i know i know um i know megan wanted to have a book that talks kind of about yes it's parallel to this yeah um, I think it'd be good in the future, maybe in a couple episodes or whatever we have time, if she's open yeah. to have her on and talk about that. We should read it and then, and then talk, on and talk. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, we have other guests that want to come on. We need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Of course. Um, hope you've enjoyed it and remember to like, share, subscribe. And when I say that, I'm not just passively saying that, please share it. Yeah, if you, li- you if you like what you're listening and you think that we could that what we're saying is useful, yeah, we'd like to hope like- <laughs> that this conversation is useful and that you know I don't know I just I know that I know a million people out there who don't understand this idea of having conversations with people who have opposing ideas, mm-hmm. and I feel like today we've challenged a little bit of, of this this growing liberal extremism. Mm-hmm. And that might be a little controversial to somebody to hear, but maybe we made some points that will get friends of yours to consider, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's a great mission statement. Yeah. So I don't know. Share it if you like it. Yep. <laughs> Love you guys. All right. Bye. Bye. bye.